This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, September 30th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. There's good news and bad news for folks in Chicago. The good news, the city has thrown out its ban on food carts. The bad news is some of the details of how they did it and what might be coming next. Hillary Gowans is managing editor at the Illinois Policy Institute. We spoke at the State Policy Network's annual meeting this week. So Chicago is supposed to be this great culinary city, right? We've got the deep dish pizza. We've got Chicago-style hot dogs with all the fixings on them. Um, But when it comes to new innovations like food trucks, like food carts, um, the city likes to protect the established players, meaning brick-and-mortar restaurants. So we have a history in Chicago of regulations being put in place that restrict food trucks from being able to compete with their brick-and-mortar counterparts. And then up until last week, the city banned food carts altogether. So if Chicago has overturned its ban on food carts, that's that's all to the good, right? Sure. In theory. Um, the problem is that within the ordinance that lifted this ban, um, there is a provision that says if there are public safety or health concerns, that aldermen and individual wards can restrict where food carts can operate. Individual aldermen may make that dis- determination. Are they also charged with making the term- determination about what qualifies as a concern? They are. It's very loose. Um, you can manipulate the rules pretty much any which way you want. Like many big cities across the country, aldermen or city councilmen or whatever they're called, wherever you are, um, they have a lot of power and a lot of flexibility, and they can keep people out if they want to. So in Chicago, even though we've had this great victory in the past week, which we want to jump up and down about, the reality is that the fight's far from over because just last week, um, less than a day after the ban was lifted, two Chicago aldermen who also were big players in the effort to ban food trucks, um, introduced ordinances that would limit where food carts can operate in their wards. It seems uh, particularly troubling that you're giving that authority directly to people who otherwise ought to be allowing the agency that's charged with doing that sort of thing to just do their job. Well, yeah, that's a, it's a big problem in Chicago for myriad other things, too. So um, basically, these aldermen, if, if any business wants to do anything, if they want to change the name of their business, if they want to put up a sign, they have to go to their aldermen and basically get permission. The good news is that the ordinance did pass. So we know there were already 1,500 food cart vendors in Chicago that were basically just operating within the shadow of the law. They were subject to police harassment, thousands of dollars in fines and arrest um, for just trying to provide for their families and serve good food. Um, and, and in theory, the good news is that that ban has been lifted and these people can come out of the shadows. And not only uh, can these individual entrepreneurs do what they want to do, um, but the city of Chicago, which everyone knows is flat broke, could see up to 6,400 new jobs and more than $8 million in new sales tax revenue. The best argument for having health codes at all is the fact that customers don't get to go into the kitchen. Are food trucks, it sounds like food trucks are not going to be treated the same way that restaurants are today. Uh, food, food carts, actually. So it, the ordinance puts food trucks, brick-and-mortar restaurants, food carts, all on a level playing field. Um, they're going to be subject to similar health and inspection regulations, just like you know a Panera or any other brick-and-mortar restaurant. So people who are concerned about health and safety issues really shouldn't be, um, especially if they're fans of regulations like that, because those are going to exist for food carts. People might not... <laughs> 
gravitate toward the subject of food carts. You know, it's not necessarily the sexiest issue. Um, street meat. Street, sure, street meat. Um, if you're in New York City and you want to grab a hot dog, maybe you care about it then. But the real issue is the fact that the city could unilaterally ban this kind of business. There's nothing unsafe, unclean, um, for the most part, about these vendors. They're serving underserved communities and neighborhoods that are considered food deserts for the most part. Um, The 1,500 or so vendors who are operating exist largely in low-income, largely Hispanic communities. Um, And what we found was that through the research we did, we actually went out and surveyed 200 of these vendors for an economic impact report. And we found that a lot of these vendors get out early in the morning when guys are going to work at the factory and maybe they don't have access to a hot lunch, you know. So these vendors are providing food that isn't otherwise present or available to these people. Um, so, you know, it's it's really all about opportunity for customers and entre- entrepreneurs. Describe the average person who's operating a food cart. Okay. Well, I'll tell you about Claudia Perez. She's a um, a very typical um, background for one of these vendors. She's a 62-year-old Mexican immigrant. She's got three kids. She's been um, selling food out of her food cart for 18 years. Um, She doesn't speak English, but she knew how to sell or prepare good food back in Mexico. And when she came here, she tried to get a job in a factory and wasn't able to make it work. She needed to be able to raise her kids and have a flexible schedule. So she thought, okay, well, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to start a food cart. Um, And she was wildly successful. She, at one point, had five carts. Um, So she had employees of her own. She was uh, selling tons of food. People know her in her neighborhood. She's in Little Village. uh, It's a neighborhood on the southwest side of the city. Um, So you know, Claudia is very much representative of who these people are. More than half of food cart vendors in Chicago are women. They're supporting at least one dependent. Um, these really are people who are just trying to make an honest living and support families. To another point, these are the types of low-income people um, that Chicago politicians claim to want to help. Um, you know, politicians love to kiss babies and talk about all the great things that their policies are going to do for the little guy. But um, the truth was that the city was trying to um, bulldoze these people's ability to make a living. Um, and now it's really interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how the dynamic unfolds in the coming weeks. Um, everyone was jubilant and ready to celebrate this win last week because Claudia and others like her were present at the city council meeting and Alderman could look to them and say, look, we're helping all of these people. Um, but now we're going to see people's true colors start to come out when, after the vote t- took place, um, people like Alderman Tom Tunney, who is a long-standing alderman, he used to be a restaurant owner himself, um, he's introduced a new ordinance that would prohibit people like Claudia from selling around Wrigley Field, which, if you've ever been to Chicago, you know is a booming place. There are t-shirt vendors who are out there selling. If you go into the stadium, you can buy a $9 beer and a $10 hot dog. But if, God forbid, Claudia wanted to be out there selling uh, some of her delicious tamales or elotes, she wouldn't be allowed under this new proposed ordinance. So um, baby kissing time seems to be over for now. And it, it goes against the whole village that is Wrigleyville in terms of just it's a it's sort of a freewheeling atmosphere. There are a lot of people walking around, uh, hanging out. There are thousands upon thousands of sick days taken for day games 
and uh, it, it really goes against that whole that whole aesthetic. Yeah, you'd think a, a neighborhood and an alderman who embraces 10,000 drunk Santa Clauses every year would be willing to allow uh, food cart vendors to operate and sell good food, um, especially to the many hungry, many intoxicated people who are roaming around Wrigleyville. Hillary Gowans is managing editor at the Illinois Policy Institute. We spoke at the State Policy Network's annual meeting this week. Learn more about useless local regulation at our website, cato.org.